I feel like every time I give an announcement about my bookings on the podcast, it becomes irrelevant so fast. Last episode, I said my bookings were open, and then by the time the episode aired, they were closed and fully booked. So honestly, the best way to stay informed of when my books are open in a timely and accurate manner is just to be on my mailing list. You can sign up for my mailing list on my website, moonmattersastrology.com, and while you're there, you can check out the array of other ways that you can support me in this podcast whether it be tarot readings or just uh, I, I have all kinds of other offerings, mythic poems, and I have my patron tiers. So go there, check it all out. And if you feel like supporting me, you can do that. If not, you can also leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. They actually help so, so much. And that's something really small and doesn't have a monetary value attached to it that you can support me in this podcast with. So I am very, very grateful for any reviews as well. I have a webinar coming up in February on the Fool's Journey, which is going to be me teaching the major arcana cards through the story of the Fool. I'll be going over each of the cards in depth, exploring astrological correlations as well as symbolism and general meanings of each card. You can buy tickets at my website. I would absolutely love to see you there. In the last episode, we were continuing our chiromancy studies and we went over the major lines of the palm. At this point, we've discussed the mounts and the lines which are two of the absolutely most important parts of interpreting a palm. Today, we're going to cover another super important part of the palm, which is the thumb. I mentioned in the episode about the mounts, how the fingers are really important and how they have astrological associations. And I briefly mentioned the thumb and how it's sort of its own entity and how Mars and Venus sort of play a part with it. But today, we're going to learn what the thumb means in general in chiromancy what we can learn from it in our interpretations, and how we judge the thumb. Let's start with what the thumb means in general in palmistry. The thumb's most important delineations come from the different worlds or parts of the thumb. You can see that your thumb has two distinct phalanges, a first and a second. Then there's this large area after the second phalange, which is essentially the area of the Mount of Venus. These three areas make up the three different parts, worlds, or realms. I typically use the word world or realm to describe them, but parts, you'll also hear me say that as well. So look on your thumb, you know, bend your thumb, move it around and try to just look at and say, okay, I see those three distinct parts. And now that you have located them and identified the three realms of the thumb, what are they? I know you, I said there's a first, a second, and then kind of a third. And it's not really a third phalange because it's not, because that's not correct, but it's just kind of that big mount of Venus. That's what is considered sort of like the third phalange or the third world of the thumb in chiromancy. So what do those areas represent? They represent the realms of will, logic, and emotion. The top phalange is will. The middle or second phalange is logic. And the base where the Mount of Venus resides is emotion. You'll likely need a small ruler to truly discern which world is the largest. Some people have very even worlds and some people have worlds that are glaringly larger or smaller than the other. The realm of will indicates a person's willpower and their determination in life. It's how assertive they are and how well they carry their ideas and intentions to completion. The realm of will also indicates self-control and leadership qualities. 
an overly large realm of will does not mean necessarily that you're going to make a great leader in itself because you have to pair it with the leading archetype with all of those delineations. But it can tell us someone's affinity towards being a leader and their ability to be self-motivated. If your leading archetype is Venus and someone else's leading archetype is Mars, those are two very different leadership types. And one might be better than the other. One might be too soft. One might be too hard. It's, there's a lot of things that go into it. But in general, the realm of the will, the first phalange there is a person's willpower and just how they sort of that like that juice. It's their juice, essentially. It's are they self-motivated? Can they really get themselves going? You know, they're the go-getters. That's, that's like your go-getter energy. The realm of logic speaks to someone's logical mind and their ability to see reason and use reason. This realm also has the task of directing willpower because someone can have a ton of willpower and ambition, but if they aren't in control of it, then where's it going? What's it doing? Who's really in charge? And is that willpower and ambition being utilized to the best of its ability? So the second realm is the realm of logic, and it shows us how strong a person's mind is and how well it works with and directs the flow of willpower, as well as mental processes in general. Since this is logic, it's all sort of your logical mind and are you logically minded or are you not logically minded? Are you someone who has great control over their logical mind or do you not really take the, a mental route in your thinking? Are you more emotional or are you just all ambition and willpower? So again, if you just mix the realm of will and logic and you look at those two, you can see, okay, what type of leader am I? Or am I in control of my ambitions or are my ambitions in control of me? The last realm is emotion, and this one is mostly based on the Mount of Venus. You're looking at how well-defined this mount is, but also how much room the palm grants for it. You're going to look at just how big the swoop of your line that sort of makes the gradient there is, and then just how well-defined the mount is. Again, don't overthink it. I've said that many times in this series. Do not overthink it. You'll be able to tell if you have a large Mount of Venus and if there's a lot of room for emotion there. This realm tells us how sentimental someone is and how much emotion plays into their decision-making or expression of their willpower. It also speaks to a person's capacity for love, joy, and harmony, and whether those are qualities they value or not. By simply measuring the different parts of the thumb, we can gain immediate insight to how someone moves through the world. Let's say someone has a large realm of will and realm of emotion, but the realm of logic wanes. This creates someone who would have a hard time executing their desires in the real world. They'd be driven by emotion and prone to making rash emotional decisions. They'd have the ability to feel deeply and empathize greatly with others, but emotions may cloud their ability to execute or implement in the real world. This wouldn't stop them. They would just be someone that is more trial and error. They learn more through doing rather than just logic or textbook knowledge. Another example would be someone with a waning realm of will, but a strong realm of logic and emotion. And this would create someone who was a great thinker and a dreamer, but they might be a little lazy. They may give up when obstacles are presented or they don't have a ton of energy to complete tasks. They have big ideas and they're creative. They're like a little think tank, but they're not always the best at being motivated and pushing through hardship. 
And those are just two examples of combinations, but obviously there's a bunch of others. My hand has very even realms of will and logic. And then the realm of emotion is quite developed because my Mount of Venus is one of the more spacious mounts. This creates a landscape where will and logic act together, but emotion can be the the pinch point or the clouding element, which that's exactly extremely accurate for me. I can pretty much set my mind to complete anything and harness my willpower in a way that's extremely productive. But if my emotions become disturbed or my harmony is off balance, you can forget it. It's like all the logic and willpower means nothing unless the realm of Venus is neat and tidy, which aligns with my astrology perfectly because I have my moon in the seventh house. So my romantic relationships are generally my hot button, but I'm also a Libra rising. So my ascendant is ruled by Venus. And I just, that since that's my ascendant, I aspire towards harmony in all things. So when I don't have harmony, especially in the realm of love and emotions, I cannot get anything done. I must solve that problem first before I can then direct my willpower and my mind efficiently again. The worlds of the thumb may be one of the first things we look at, but it's not the only thing. We look at thumb size in general, dexterity, thumb shape, shape of the upper phalange, thumb setting, and thumb carriage. For simplicity, we're going to talk about the last two that I mentioned, thumb setting and thumb carriage. Thumb dexterity and thumb shape is sort of like how we judge the rest of the fingers. If the thumb is super flexible, it means someone is extremely adaptable, sometimes to a point of their own detriment. Because if the thumb is our will, just in general, the thumb is sort of like our willpower and our inner force. If someone has an extremely bendy, flexible thumb, then sometimes their willpower can sort of get stomped on or used by other people or they're too easygoing with it. But on the other hand, you have a stiff thumb and that's someone who is less flexible and a lot more practical in how they move through the world. And that comes with its own hardships and obstacles because if you're not flexible enough, you know, you might be off-putting and you might want to execute your agenda in only one particular way and not be mutable or flexible enough to allow your agenda to be executed in in the way that it gets done, but it's not exactly the way that you wanted. But someone with a super stiff thumb is going to be like, it's my way or the highway. It's It has to be done this way. And in, sometimes that can be to their detriment as well. Thumb setting is one of the other big things we need to examine to get an accurate read on the thumb. There are three different settings, high, medium, and low. Each setting carries its own signification and will play into the overall interpretation of willpower and just general disposition. Measuring your palm will be helpful for this portion as where the webbing of the thumb kind of meets and resides along the palm is where the thumb is said to be set. A thumb is high set if it is attached to the upper portion of the palm. This creates someone who is stubborn not super adaptable as the thumb itself is sort of restricted when it's high set. If your thumb is set, you know, closer to the Mount of Jupiter, it's it gets a little restricted in its mobility. So these people can be described as cautious and conservative, especially in the way that they assert their will into the world. A thumb is middle set if it is attached approximately, you know, somewhere in the middle area of the palm. It's the most common setting, so don't overthink it too much. It'll be somewhere halfway between the bottom of the fingers and the start of the wrist if you have a middle set thumb. This setting does not add or diminish any delineation, anything delineation wise. It's really neutral. 
So if you have a middle set thumb, it's just kind of like, yep, that's a middle set thumb. It's pretty standard. The only way that the setting changes delineation is if you have a high set or a low set because those are the extremes. So a thumb is low set if it is attached to the lower portion of the palm, closer to the wrist. Not right at the wrist, but it's closer. It's a little more downward than being in the middle. And these people need a great deal of mental freedom. And they don't like to be caged in. They don't like to be told what to do. There's increased intellectual capacity, but also diminished emotional capacity because the area for Venus sort of gets constricted. People with this setting have a vision that needs to be carried out, and their hands will create what needs created. The last thing we're going to touch on today is thumb carriage. Thumb carriage is literally how you carry your thumb. You simply hold up your hand in a relaxed position, not trying to force anything, but not being too limp. Literally, just don't overthink it. Hold up your hand and see where your thumb naturally falls. You should have done this when you looked at your fingers as well, but now you're just looking at the thumb. The carriage of the palm is a great way to see where someone is psychologically. The whole palm plays a role in this, and the way you carry your whole hand can... If I look at the way someone carries their hand, I can see sort of like a body language thing, like, okay, this is how they're feeling psychologically in this moment. So the whole palm plays a role in your psychological sort of disposition at the moment, but the thumb is extremely important in telling. The carriage of the hand can change readily, and it will likely change throughout someone's life, depending on life stages and life events. There are four different types of carriages close, bent inward, 45 degrees, and 90 degrees. A closely held thumb is when your natural carriage has the thumb directly in line with the palm and it's held close, but it's not overlapping the palm in any way. It's sort of just like right in line with the palm. It just falls in line. This indicates a closed off and cautious nature. The realm of logic and will are held close to the rest of the palm not allowing for exploration or even mishap or mistake. These people may be sheltered or lack independence. Life can feel overbearing, and they may feel like they need to retreat within themselves to regain power and control. So this can be due to someone having a long-term, not depression because that's a different carriage, but just, you know, life is a little hard right now. I'm just feeling like I need to be by myself. I need to recharge. So they're maybe approaching burnout or they're just going through a phase in their life where they feel like they need to protect themselves a little more and they're just wanting to regain power and control in their life so they can feel comfortable again. A thumb bent inward is like a closely held thumb but it goes a step further and it actually crosses onto the palm or fingers. This is someone who is actively stepping away and retreating from the outside world. This person is psychologically scared, depressed, or being dominated in some way. Their will, their logic, their life force is being pushed down upon and they can feel really unstable and unsafe. These people are looking for security or a way to escape the present situation that is bringing them strife. This is more when, if I see someone carrying their thumb like that, it's almost like the will, the life force is retreating into the palm. It's trying to find like a safe space to hide or someone is caging that person in. It's a, it's a really heavy psychological way to carry your thumb. And if you find yourself kind of in, if that's where you're carrying your thumb, you know, think about what is causing me to feel this way? What is bearing down on me in my life that I don't feel 
uh, safe or that I can safely express my will or that someone is not allowing me to express my will. A thumb carried at 45 degrees is when the thumb is removed from the side of the palm, relaxed looking and sticking out at an angle. This is a very common position for the thumb. It indicates someone who is in control of their willpower and feels an openness towards life in general. This is a balanced thumb position as these people know when they can give to others, but they also know when they need to fill up their own cup and reserve time for themselves. People have this carriage when they feel balanced, secure, curious, and just generally hopeful in life. I'd say that this is the majority of carriages for most people, as this is just kind of like the live in the everyday life kind of thumb carriage. It's like, you know, I'm not depressed. I feel secure in who I am. I'm just kind of going through life. Yeah, you know, life isn't always easy, but it's not bearing down on me and making me retreat within myself. So it's a pretty normal thumb carriage and one that you just sort of see throughout life in general. The last thumb carriage is held fully at 90 degrees, and this is when the thumb is wide open and extended really far. These people are fiercely independent, and they cannot be told what to do or how to live life. They're bold, and that boldness is often at the forefront of their personality. This carriage is usually found on low-set thumbs, which aligns with the desire of that setting to be intellectually free and not bound by anything or anyone. This thumb carriage also creates a desire for freedom for others and just really wants everyone to be themselves and to express freely and openly. This is when, you know, you're going through that phase in your life where you just want to break free or maybe you have recently broken free and you're just feeling like, God, I want to express myself so deeply and I just want to push my will out into the world. So when, if you ever have a thumb carriage that is 90 degrees, and it's an intense one, this is a more extreme one, and you typically will only see it on those that have low set thumbs because it's kind of hard to put your thumb out at 90 degrees. It takes a lot of will. It takes a lot of force, I'll say. So I don't see this thumb carriage often, but when I do, I know the person is deeply wanting to express you know, what resides within their soul. You might notice that the carriage of your thumb changes throughout your life or even day to day. The way you carry your palm, but especially the thumb, indicates how you're feeling and just how you're moving through the world at that time in your life. With the thumb, it's basically like the further that it's carried away from the palm, the more open and free thinking and independent someone currently is. We all go through periods of being more adventurous and more confident. And we can absolutely see that in the way we carry our palms because sometimes your fingers are going to sway different ways. Sometimes your two fingers are going to be more together. Sometimes they're going to be more apart. Maybe one finger is sort of ostracizing itself or, you know, making itself known as like, I'm not with everyone else right now. And all of that means something. It's reflecting our psychological state. While there are a few other things to talk about with the thumb, I think we're going to call it there. There's all kinds of thumb shapes and thumb tips that add to the delineation, but those can be really hard to describe through this format. So for now, just try to work with your thumb and the different realms, dexterity, thumb carriage, and thumb setting. Grab a mini ruler if you're feeling like you can't eyeball it, but again, don't overthink it. If you're looking at your thumb and you don't see anything like crazy or like, whoa, that is set really high, or that's set really low. It's probably middle set. Your realms of will, logic, and emotion, that might be a little bit harder to eyeball. So definitely just 
take a ruler, look at it, measure the phalanges. Miki, you can even mark it with a little pen if you want. I don't know if you like writing on yourself. I, I don't care. But <laughs> there was always that thing like in grade school. Remember, where it's like you can't write on yourself. Oh, my God, don't write on yourself. I don't know if you actually should or not. So who knows? I don't know. But make a little marking somewhere so you can kind of eyeball it and see. So the next episode in the series, I'm going to be tying up all the little loose ends about palmistry and going over some mitigating factors. I'll also be answering some questions that I've received through my website about just palmistry in general. I know I haven't been able to go super in depth with everything here, but I do hope this is giving you a solid foundation to create your studies upon and just give you small amounts of insight towards what your palm holds. After next week's roundup episode, I'm going to have my husband come on the podcast and do a mini palm reading on him to sort of show the art in action. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited. I, I think that that might showcase what palmistry can do a little more when you put it all together. So we'll do that. And then you can use that as a template to do a mini palm reading on yourself or someone else and practice it and see what you can come up with and what you discover. If you want more astrological content before the next episode, consider signing up to become a patron of my work. I've got exclusive blog content, monthly lunar reminders with tarot advice, retrograde guides, and a Discord waiting for you to join. You could also leave a super beautiful review on Spotify or iTunes, which I would be eternally grateful for. Head on over to my website, check it all out, and thank you in advance for supporting me. Until next time, later days. Later days.